0: Everyone, I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Art Rages. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Art wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay outrageous.
1: Stoveleg Media. Igniting conversation.
2: Welcome to the 112th episode of the Point Tart podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn, coming to you live from my man cave in Millsboro, Delaware. This week, we have Ryan Canella, Assistant General Manager of Sales for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans.
0: Hello, everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Rages. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host Carrie and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits and discussions about current events. Find Art Rages wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Art
2: This is going to be a great episode, but if you like it, make sure to go back and listen to all the older episodes. Uh, There's something back there for everyone. Um, 111 fantastic guests and uh, just great conversations back there. So go check that out. I want to give some shout-outs here soon. Um, Easiest way to get one is drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts, helps things on the business end a little bit, and turns more people into listeners and members of the TARP crew. So uh, yeah, go drop a rating and comment on Apple
1: Podcasts. At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. You all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie and I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. <laughs>
2: Also, make sure to go follow the designated Twitter account for the podcast at Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast and reach out about becoming a guest as well. Um, that's where businesses can reach out to become sponsors uh, if they're looking for a unique marketing opportunity. Um wouldn't wouldn't take much at this at this rate. Um, so go ahead and uh, and follow that um, at Pulling Tart Pod. And also, if you really want to, you can follow me on Twitter personally at it's ra coon. That's i t s r a c o o n. We do have some merchandise. You can uh, get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. Uh, you can find that. Um, on the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account in the link tree in our bio, um, or you can go to tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. With all that being said, let's chat with Ryan Canella.
1: Ryan, welcome on
2: to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you on tonight, man. Um, how's the season going so far?
1: Really good, man. I mean, we can't can't complain. That I mean, the staff we've had has been there for a long time for you know pretty much everybody. So um, it's been you know we've been pretty lucky with weather for the most part. Knock on wood, mm-hmm. and hopefully it stays that way. And um, we've had great crowds, so it's it's been everything we've. I mean, everything you could hope for so far this year. That's
2: awesome. That's a that's kind of a rarity at least in the front offices that I worked in that that people stick around that you're rolling with the same crew. Um so, yeah. Uh what's been the most uh the best moment so far this season?
1: Honestly, I think just having a normal, I mean, with the pandemic and everything, I mean, as normal of an off season as and a start to the season as possible, it's been a huge breath of fresh air. So just having, I mean, opening day was incredible, but just having a normal season from start to now has been really like you kind of look back at it and it's, it's enjoyable again, like the yeah. stress of going into this past season, we were, we had a season where there was still a lot of stress where, you Know, I think most teams didn't have their full staff leading into the year, and then you got everybody back, and it was still just a fight the entire year just to have a season. So, yeah, just having a normal year with um, people in the ballpark and, and everything just being back to somewhat normal has been fantastic. And I, I can't really pick out a particular game and you know, and say, Hey, this was in the, the best moment. I think just right. having a normal year has been great and it's been so much more enjoyable than it was the past you know two years that we've been dealing with everything
2: for sure for sure I can imagine um so you're you're the AGM of sales um so I always like to ask the, my salespeople because I still work in sales um but obviously when I was I learned how to sell in minor league baseball so I um I always like to ask you know the salespeople what's the number one secret to sales in your opinion
1: I don't know if there's one secret that I can really put my finger on I think there's it's a combination right of like mm-hmm. a, a couple different things sales I think a lot of people make out to be this oh you have to have so, this such and such language and it's got to go in this flow and there, people approach it in a ton of different ways and it works for people in a lot of different you know, they, they go out about it in a different way. So yeah. for me, I kind of always go back to when we're talking to, you know, sales interns and people who are interested in coming on board um, as an entry level salesperson, that it really comes down to having a good attitude, listening to people, being curious, asking good questions, believing in yourself and having confidence and, and just attacking every day with consistency. Like if you do, if you don't do those things every day and you bring good energy and you ask good questions and you try to just get a little bit better every day, you're going to run into sales. Like that's just, you're going to, but not everybody wants to put in that consistency and bring that effort and that energy and, and really commit to it. And, you know, ultimately be yourself throughout the sales process. Like people can pick up on awkward conversations where they don't feel like they're actually talking to you. It's more like a script or you're not really being yourself. So if you just do a combination of those things, I think you'll have success and you'll learn and you'll fail sometimes and you'll lose sales, but everybody loses sales. It's just a part of the game.
2: For sure. For sure. I still do it to this day, Um, but you're right in the fact that you have to bring a good energy, um, you know, part of, you know, you're also selling, you know, whatever you're trying to sell, you know, whether it's tickets or sponsorship or group outings or what have you, but you're also selling yourself, so, um, and the team for sure, so I I get you there. Um, People have
1: to be able to trust you. What's that? People have to be able to trust you.
2: For sure, Absolutely. Um, so you've been with the pelicans now for over seven years um that's a that's a long time in baseball years man um feels like forty yeah I'm sure I'm sure and um it sounds like the rest of the rest of the crew is is riding with you too for the most part so besides the beach clear- clearly um the beach is a nice touch. What makes Myrtle Beach the place to stick around
1: yeah I didn't know, I, I didn't expect to be with the Pelicans this long. I didn't right. expect, you know, I'd never been to Myrtle Beach when I moved here. Um, but we have a really great staff. I mean, we I work for, you know, really great people and Chuck Greenberg and Ryan Moore and Chris and Call, and they're great to work for. I mean, we all, I think it just comes down to we're treated like adults. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we... We are given a tacit complete and there are questions asked along the way on, you know, why we're attacking our job in certain ways. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's not in a questioning way. It's, a, it's in a, just trying to understand how we're thinking about the problem and how we're talking, attacking the, you know, the goal or the the issue at hand. And um, I think just working with the, the people that are there, we've got a great chemistry where everybody trusts each other. We know that, things are going to get done and you don't have to ask twice about it. It's just all happens and we work really well together. And, you know, I think that's just a rarity in, in business and work in general. Like we're lucky to be with the people that we work with and we have a great environment where the weather is fantastic. The, um, summers are great with people coming to town and, you know, enjoying their vacations. And at the same time, we've got a great local base that, you know, shows up for games and and everybody kind of understands the, the area we live in but you've got the beach you've got golf you've got great weather mm-hmm. you've got a ton of really great local restaurants um not a ton of chains it's a lot of you know mom and pop cool. restaurants so there's just a ton to do here and and the lifestyle is great it's super laid back and um <laughs> this town i always kind of say after noon on Fridays, good luck getting in touch with anybody because the whole <laughs> town shuts down and nice. and either goes to a golf course, the beach, or just goes out to, to a restaurant to hang out with their family and friends. But yeah um, it's, it's a great place to live. I w- I, I, we've really come to love it here.
2: Yeah, yeah, man. That's that sounds awesome. I would have killed for um, you know, that level of trust from the from the higher management or you know that that um. F- that creativity freedom, you know, I would have killed for that in some, in some of the front offices I've worked in. So that would have been nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've all been here for so long. We almost a question is asked, right? Like you go to another, another person in the office and you ask a question, you already know essentially what they're going to say, Yeah. but you, you know, you, you need to ask it anyways, but, um, it's just that type of like, camaraderie I guess and getting and we just know each other so well at this point that it just makes working together that much easier
2: yeah yeah that that would be nice like I like I said I don't think I've ever worked in a front office where it was continuous rollover you know with the staff so that that would be nice for sure um so I, I was looking at your LinkedIn um and uh I've I've listened to another podcast that you were on. We'll get to that here in a little bit, um, but it seems like you're you really um, you're really proud to be involved in the community there. So how how important is that to you? What what are you involved in in the community?
1: Yeah, so it's been something that's always been not necessarily pushed on us, but encouraged. You know, from Andy Milovich down to Ryan Moore to Kristen. kind of been one of those things that's always you know especially on the sales side get involved in the community get involved in the community find things to be a part of that you're passionate about and um for me i've always had a lot of people that have supported me growing up whether it was you know baseball coaches or football coaches or um you know parents friends people that i could go to when i was having a hard time with certain things and um so i'm involved in the boys and girls club with the grand strand here in town, and that's really my main focus. I've been in Rotary as well as the uh, Chamber Ambassador Program. Okay. Um, it, w- it took me a lot to start getting involved in these things, right? Going to networking events and stuff like that, but you really kind of quickly understand in sales that you have to learn how to do those things yeah. if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it just takes jumping outside of your comfort zone, right? And mm-hmm. I was really, I felt super awkward the first time I ever went to one, like, I have to walk up to random people and introduce myself and start a conversation. Oh, like, yeah. That's incredibly intimidating. Yeah, um, But it it just comes down to being a good, you know, being a good person and helping <laughs> out the community and giving back. Like I didn't get to where I was today without a ton of people investing into my time and teaching me lessons and sure. trying to pass their knowledge on to me. So I really enjoy working with young people. And so that's why I like to be a part of the boys and girls club where I can know try to make a good positive impact on pe on kids lives um because you know it's it's all fun and you know you're at that age where everything's just a game and you're just enjoying life right but um you don't those small little things that people do for you along the way teach you massive lessons that you carry on later in life and um so it's it's just important for myself and i think the pelicans as a whole to just be a part of the community as much as possible does it always i mean it pays back just from feeling good and and being able to help people but also on the business side as well it always you know finds a way to, to help out the team
2: for sure for sure whenever i think of like you know being a part of like the boys and girls club i always think of that movie with paul rudd in it um what's that what's that movie called um
1: um, where, which one is, what does he do? He, I, I'm the terrible he, like,
2: he is like, um, a big brother.
1: Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Role models. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. That movie's it's so scary. funny. So funny. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, hopefully
2: you have a better experience than, than Paul Rudd did in that movie. For sure. <laughs>
1: I, w- I would say most of the time that I'm not sure I'm helping much as much as getting like as much joy out of
2: it like sure right but ronnie's incredible oh yeah for sure uh so um you work with hunter hornstein um i i always forget how how you pronounce his last name is it hornstein hornstein you
1: nailed it the first Hornstein. hornstein
2: Okay, Hornstein. Okay, perfect. So Hunter's been on the podcast. He was a while. He was a guest a while ago, um, and obviously, I see the fruits of his labor on social media and all of that. Um, he's he's a genius at what he does for sure. So, what's it like working with him on the day to day?
1: It's it's great working with Hunter. I mean, him and I, are, I kind of feel like our Dale and Brendan in the office a little bit. A lot. Um, most of the time, we're like we have a great time together, but also we have those times where we really butt heads, and it turns into like two bulls in a china shop where we're fighting against each other. Um, and I think he would agree with that. Yeah. So um, it's it's we've become really good friends, especially I mean the fact that he's a Steelers fan and I'm a Ravens fan. So we we pretty much always watch football together and kind of fight against each other. But um, kind of same thing goes for our jobs too, where. Um, I'm in sales and he's on the, you know, social side of things where he wants to keep everything organic and I'm mm-hmm. like Well, this person wants to pay us this amount of money to put this this post out right. there And so we're always trying to work together. Yeah. Um, to make it flow naturally, but um, I probably try to force the issue a little more than he would like but um, <laughs> That kind of comes with both sides of our, our you know, our jobs and our perspective on it.
2: So right I get it, man. I get it. I've bumped head with with, with many of people um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, so I understand.
1: Luckily, luckily we have Sammy Parnell as our intermediary to, to try to keep us on each side of the fence. She does an incredible job activating everything for us and kind of puts us both back in our place.
2: That's good. That's good. We all need that person in our lives. Um, so, speaking of Hunter... Um, rest in peace i guess i don't know if they're coming back or not um but how did it feel to be the first guest on the snapbacks and interviews podcast that podcast was like was just made for for me and you know and you and you know like-minded people i i feel so Uh, i really do miss it it was it was one of my absolute must listens so how was it to be the first guest on that podcast
1: um, it was it was an honor, but also like a lot of pressure I felt because <laughs> I, I really wanted both of them to succeed in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I felt like you need to set the bar high with that first yes, right? And I was like, you're really gonna <laughs> like, I I'm not sure I even deserve to be on a podcast. So no one cares that much about what I have to say. But you know, hey, I'll, I would love to be a part of it. And support you know Austin and Hunter. They're, they're great people and good friends and. Um, I was excited to be a part of it, but I was also concerned that they didn't shoot for the stars right now. There's a little more firepower. That's,
2: that's okay. I think, I think my buddy, um, my buddy Timmy was the first guest on this podcast. Um, and he, he works for Greensboro now. So, um, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily shot, shot for the, the stars either, but, but Hey, I mean, we're 112 episodes in, so.
1: Man, that's a hell of an accomplishment right there.
2: Yeah. Um, so I saw on social, was it your GM that got the tattoo of the Pelicans logo?
1: Yeah, Brian Martin, president. He got the Man. tattoo of the Pelicans logo when we were, actually, funny enough, released this shirt um, okay. during the pandemic. So oh, that's the, awesome. All the, all the proceeds from this shirt went towards um, COVID relief efforts for our community. And so he had put the challenge out there that if we sold X number of shirts, then he would get the the tattoo. Um, and it was kind of born from, born from there from that challenge. But, um, yeah, it was, it's a heck of a, it's a good looking tattoo. Our friends over at hero, Tat, hero tattoo did a great job. Randy's, Randy's the best.
2: Yeah. Um, so this is an audio only podcast, but for those of you that can't see, um it says 2020 and then unflocking believable um which no front office that i worked in would have allowed that shirt to be made i guarantee it um which we go we go back to the creative freedom type of thing there um but it is a great shirt um so would you have gotten the t- the tattoo of the pelicans logo
1: I can't say I would. I actually don't have any tattoos at all, any. so for that to be my first one, I'm not sure I would have been able to jump in that boat. But I think that was actually Ryan Moore's first tattoo too. Wow. It, looks, it looks great. Yeah. Um, it looks awesome. Um, but I'm not sure that I would have had the the um, gut to to do it. I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I know Austin has a Otterbots tattoo, but he's also tatted up. So, um, and,
1: and he got to he got to birth that that brand too. He That's, did. I mean, Zog like Ryan birthed the Pelicans. You know, this so is really true. A, <laughs> this is it's true. A little bit more sentimental attachment when you come up with the brand, I guess.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I I live in Birdland. Um, I'm. In Delaware right now, 30 minutes away from the Maryland border. I worked for an Orioles affiliate. It was my, It was my last team. Um, so I know you're an Orioles fan. As an Orioles fan, what do you think of their near future? Will they be contenders anytime
1: soon? So I've thrown this out there a couple times to Hunter and a few folks on our staff. I'm super bullish on the Orioles. I think they're going to be the 2025 World Series champions. You can book it. I'm with you. Um, I really am a big fan of the talent that they have coming up through the Mm -hmm. system. Even at the big league level, I know they're not, you know, a 500-plus team, but there's a lot of really good players at the big league level with Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini. Like, if we can Mm -hmm. hold on to those guys and add to – the roster and give them a little bit give the rest of the young guys some time to develop it's gonna be a super competitive team but they are in a really difficult division so that'll that always kind of yeah <laughs> you know, when you're competing with the payrolls of the yankees and the red sox yeah it makes it tough and then the rays just churn out talent yeah that's unbelievable constantly. it's it makes it difficult
2: right right I've been telling people, so we're right around you know spot on as far as our um, you know guesstimates go. But I've been telling people now for probably about two years that the Orioles will be contenders in five years. So right. we're we're right on the same schedule there. Um, but like they just have so much good talent in the minor leagues, um, especially with their pitching staff. You got DL Hall. Grayson Rodriguez, hopefully he bounces back from that injury. Um he was about ready to get bumped up to the major leagues there too. Um yeah, okay. Adley Rutschman, I've I've seen a lot of like low A catchers, right? And Adley Rutschman is just like a god amongst men. Like he's he's so he's got a great approach at the plate. Um, but he's yeah. also the best defensive player I've ever seen. Like, as far as catching goes.
1: It is so frustrating. One of the things that I was most disappointed about with our season being canceled a couple years ago was the fact that um, with the season being canceled and the Pelicans going from high A to, to low A, mm-hmm. I completely missed Adley and Grayson at playing against the Pelicans. I was so frustrated with that. I was excited to see them. And then this year I missed Heston Kersad, where yeah. he just was on the DL for this whole period of time. We mm-hmm. only have Delmarva one time this whole season, yep. and he literally got activated two or three days after after right. Delmarva came through town. It was so so frustrating. Yeah, but it's exciting to see them do well. Yeah, it's great. I'm
2: gonna go head over there and see him here soon. So, um, I gotta catch a game here. Um, yeah. But uh, so you're also a Ravens fan. I, I gotta ask I so I remember I well I just listened to the Snapbacks and Interbrews episode that you were on. What's the connection with you and Baltimore again?
1: Yeah, my whole family, my mom and dad, um, they grew up in Joppa, Maryland. Okay. Um, so my grandma lived there her, pretty much their entire her entire life. I still have some family up in, Mar- in Maryland too, just north of Baltimore. Okay. Um, so my whole family has been all Baltimore sports fans, so it's was kind of born into it, and I've stuck with it ever since. I mean, I'm from Colorado. I grew up in Colorado, so I do like to you know, see the Colorado teams do well too. But right. if the Broncos are playing the Ravens, I hope the Broncos lose by 50. <laughs> all
2: right, all right, fair enough. Uh, you saw the Ravens play in the Super Bowl, and this was the Super Bowl that the lights turned that was right after halftime, like in the third quarter, right? What was it like watching that game live?
1: It, it was wild. Um, it's one of those things you never really think you'll have an opportunity to be a part of, but uh, my dad, uh, we actually almost flew up. So Baltimore played in Denver um, in the Mile High Miracle game.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: And my my dad, we've had season tickets. My dad's company's had season tickets with the Broncos for a long time. So we went to the Mile High Miracle game, watched that coldest game I've ever been to in my entire life. We were standing on like six inches of snow in the whole time. And then that game in itself was just insane. Then they go to New England and um beat New England and then they end up in the Super Bowl. And my dad, like my dad the night that the Baltimore beat New England, his brother called and said, Hey, I'm buying tickets to the Super Bowl right now. Are y'all coming? Oh and yeah. so my dad just spurred him was like, Yep, yeah, we're doing this. We're going to New Orleans. So um we went down there and it was an incredible experience. I mean they've got all kinds of stuff leading up to the game that oh, you yeah. can do. Um, be a part of, and the Ravens um, like fan. One of the Ravens fan clubs lined up this pregame party and marched to the Super Bowl. And we spent the day on this um, riverboat in New Orleans with um, cool. Brian Billick and a couple other Ravens greats. That's cool. Um, and then we had a 52 block march from where that boat docked to the Superdome. In honor of ray lewis and it was this massive crowd of people just walking through new orleans towards the superdome and um Jeez. it was incredible and then like you said i mean jacoby jones comes out of halftime raven's already up big he takes the, the kickoff back for a touchdown and then literally right after the lights shut off so it was and it, it felt like forever sitting in the stadium but um I mean, you can't, you cannot convince me that that game wouldn't have been out of hand if it wouldn't have been for those live showing. <laughs> I feel like that completely changed the momentum of the game. But yeah, it was really, really cool to be there.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Like that, not a lot of people can say that. I mean, I, um, I, so, I mean, I watched on TV. I'm an Eagles fan, so I watched yeah. them win the Super Bowl when I didn't think we had a chance. Um, and I you know, like i nervously drank a dozen beers at least like just just because i was yeah. so nervous um but man that that does sound awesome it sounds incredible yeah um,
1: you, won't, you won't nervously drink 12 beers in the at the super bowl they were like 16 right pop, so. exactly
2: exactly i'm sure
1: i um, do that prior to
2: it is joe flacco elite no i
1: would not call him elite <laughs> It was that Super Bowl run an elite run? Sure, you can take yeah. that little that playoff run and say he was elite for those right. You know, games for a hundred percent, he was lights yeah. out. But
2: you can say the same great. thing about Nick Foles.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So,
2: all right. All right. He's we're on the same like
1: page. Right? right. Like sometimes they just get hot. Yeah.
2: They're... Yeah. Joe Flacco's a god around here. I mean. Oh, okay. I'm in I'm in Delaware and then you know you go over to Maryland and oh geez yeah
1: I love Joe always real love Joe I mean,
2: is he, he retired dead. yet or is he still playing
1: he's still riding the checks out in New York I think
2: okay he's second or in third that, string he's in the way in the jet okay all right.
1: What is the craziest situation that's occurred
2: during a game that you've had to help with?
1: So, I don't know how crazy it is, but i felt terrible after the fact. So, we had a massive storm hit, and take the tarp off, and we're trying to get in the last little bit of the game. And I don't know if it was a playoff game or something, but there was like a lot of pressure riding on this game. Okay. And so we get the tarp off, and then a couple of us stayed on the field, you know, to help out and just ask the crew, you know, what do you need help with? Let me know. And and for whatever reason, our head ground head groundskeeper asked me to help him paint the foul line, like repaint the foul line. Okay. On the third base side, and we're going into either extra innings or the the ninth inning, and. The Pelicans were down by, like, a run or two. And so I I laid the line out like I thought I was supposed to. Yeah. Well, he gets – he starts painting it. And it's not till he's, like, halfway, three-quarters of the way down the line. I'm like, this is not straight, and it's not even – it's on the wrong side of the bag. Like, oh. this line is on the complete wrong side of the bag. Oh, no. And so I'm just praying that this does not come into – Affect the game, yeah, whatsoever. And of course, one of the Pelicans players goes to lay down a bunt. I'm like, this is a night. This is a nightmare situation. <laughs> <laughs> and and he goes and he gets the ball down the third base line, base side. Luckily, it didn't come close enough to the line where it made a difference. But there was a few seconds there where I had an absolute heart attack where I thought that the umpire, like this whole thing was going to unravel and the umpires and the coaches are going to get in this huge argument. Oh. It was going to be like, who the hell laid this line? Right. And yeah, it was, it was, it was really nerve wracking. <laughs> that's,
2: that's really funny. Um, on one of my past episodes, I had our grounds, our head groundskeeper in Beloit on at the time. And his wife went into labor, um, to have their first child, like, right right when gates opened or or like right before first pitch and he had to, he had to jet and he was a one man show that year like he didn't even have an assistant and so he let his game day guys like take care of the field to get it ready and so he he went to the hospital and I'm the I'm the PA announcer I'm the media relations guy and the PA announcer and I'm doing my pregame reads and I I look up and I'm watching these guys paint the batter's boxes, and I was like, "That, that doesn't look right." Like, cause, cause, so you know, like the the stencil, like the tool they use to to do the yeah. boxes. Well, the one guy did it on the outside of the box, and then the other guy did it on the inside. So they're two completely different sizes. And yeah. I'm watching this happen from the press box and i was like oh boy i don't i don't know what's gonna go on here like is the game gonna be delayed or what and pitchers warming up and and so the umpires call both managers out and they're like i i it was actually a pretty crowded night oddly enough in beloit that doesn't really happen that much but so i couldn't hear what was going on but i i just see like you know facial expressions and hand gestures and and like they're like well what are we gonna what are we gonna do like the groundskeeper's not here like he had to leave to go to the hospital he's having a baby and so like our our uh manager just who's now triple a manager for the for the a's um he's he just kicks dirt over top of the lines and he's like let's play ball <laughs> it's
1: what it is, Right. It's gonna affect both teams the same. Right? yeah he's he's like he's like
2: after, after two or three batters like they're not those lines aren't gonna be existence anyways you know yeah. so <laughs> that's pretty funny though um, luckily that didn't affect the game at all on your part terrifying
1: it's terrifying
2: yo oh, I'm sure what's the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan
1: so weirdest or, or I'll, I'll take it in kind of a cringy way okay uh, I had a one of our one of my clients texts me about something and I went to text back like the thumbs up emoji uh-huh. but I accidentally hit the kissy face oh. and hit send and it just it was like it was like one of those things as soon as you press a button you're like, how do I get this back? I can't <laughs> I don't want this yeah. to send but End of, turned out being okay but it was just I felt super cringy about it and as, as soon as I hit the send button, yeah
2: I, I've i definitely done that before I was I had worked for a team and they were interested in bringing me back after I I had left for a couple years and I was texting back and forth with the guy that was my boss there and I accidentally said like okay sounds good babe and like, you know, I, I don't know what was going through my head. Like I, I pressed the space button and then I accidentally just hit that, you know, the fill in, you know, the auto fill in. I was like, Oh no. The worst. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. I apparently now with the new iPhone and like the update or whatever, you can unsend messages, which I don't that know. That
1: might be a lifesaver for some people. Yeah.
2: For some people. Yeah, for sure. What is the most other duties as a assigned moment in your minor league baseball career?
1: So early on in my career, Ryan Moore had, all right, so I'll set, set the stage a little bit. Uh, Coastal was making their run for the college world series. Okay. And at that time they had this rally monkey. And I forget the rally monkey's name. Um, but, ryan moore ended up selling this game night sponsorship to bojangles that was like it was after coastal had won the world series and the team was going to come to the ballpark that night to like have this celebration we were going to honor them all all this sort of stuff well part of it was we were going to introduce this new mascot that was going to be the rally monkey okay And somehow I was selected as the person who was going to be this mascot in mascot introductions. So I was going to be the rally monkey. (laughs) Okay. I don't know what I did to make everybody feel like I would be the best rally monkey option, but apparently it stuck. Um, So I had to get in the rally monkey costume and get in the Bojangles car and be driven out onto the field prior to the game and be introduced with the College World Series team as the Rally Monkey and run around the field. So (laughs) there's the closest I've ever been to a College Baseball National Championship, I guess. Uh,
2: As the Rally Monkey. (laughs) All right. Man. Do you have any, you know, crazy TARP stories? I can imagine being close to the beach. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've had some really difficult ones. I think the one that sticks out the most was one that we had um pre-game it was like we put the tarp on we're waiting out a storm hadn't played a single inning just people sitting in the ballpark waiting right. well, the sun ended up clearing it you know coming out storm clears up but it had poured down rain Poured, just dumped water on this tarp and there was a lot of stuff going on pre-game where we only ended up having i think maybe you know eight people out on the tarp eight ten like uh, not, not enough okay and especially for how much water had dumped on this this tarp and we go to dump it and run all the you know all the way out to right field and we get about halfway and we the eight of us or however many people could not pull it any Yeah, it was stuck And it was just the worst feeling. I think a couple of the pitching, the coaches actually ran out, like the strength and conditioning Uh, coach and pitching coach ran out to help us get it the rest of the way. But I just remember sitting there, like halfway out in the outfield, just defeated, trying to pull that thing the rest of the way off, and it was just brutal. It was exhausting, and you've got the whole stand sitting there watching you just struggle with it. uh,
2: That's the worst. I mean, yeah. in in Beloit, like we regularly pull tarp with like four or five people. So I I definitely feel your pain. When I got to Del Marva, I was like I was like, oh man, we got we got ten people. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it was pulling tarp with not enough people is awful. Oh, it's the
2: worst for sure. I
1: remember there was one time I was not a part of this tarp because I was asleep. So failure on my part, but. To be fair, it was like Andy Milovich had, um, was over at the gym. There's a gym right across the street from the ballpark. Okay. And a massive rainstorm came through apparently at about like 5 a.m.
2: Okay. Yep.
1: So none of our staff had been prepared or like it, what, there wasn't like a text went out the night before like, hey, heads up, you know, in the early morning, we may have to put this thing on. No. Nope. Well, 5am rolls around and he's sending out text messages to the staff like we need to get to the ballpark now like this massive storm is about to hit us and he ends up just pulling people from the gym like grabs as many people as he can from the gym and they run over to the ballpark and get the tarp on the field like I think only a few people made it in.
2: Are you um what do you got in the cup any I heard you're a mixologist.
1: Um, I've got uh, so Ryan Moore turned me on transfusions, and that's that's basically everything I go with. What's it's that? Funny. It's um, ginger ale, grape juice, and vodka, and it is fantastic.
2: Okay, that does sound pretty good.
1: It's good in the morning, in the evening, any time of the day. You can drink it all the time. It's awesome. All
2: right, all right. So that's that's all. That's what you go to now.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hooked on them right now. I'm sure I'll wear myself out of them in no time, but uh, for right now, that's what I'm sticking with.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, I just listened to the snap and Interbrews show where you guys were drinking Screwball and something else. I don't know.
1: That was a whole day. That, that, that episode maybe needed to be pushed to recording the next day, but <laughs> we made it through it.
2: Okay, okay. I, I love Screwball. Just to sip on, but... Also, have you had the uh, Hershey's, like, Yingling Porter?
1: Yes. Yeah. Very good. My wife is addicted to, they, like, they discontinued it, so I can't say she's addicted to it, but her favorite beer of all time, Shock Talk came out with this pretzel wheat beer. Yeah. And it was awesome. We loved that one. It was. It's kind of similar to that Yingling Hers- Hershey one. That's okay.
2: Well, if you mix the Yingling Hershey porter with the um the screwball it's all right. it's pretty good it's really only good like in the winter time obviously yeah. cuz it's like a heavy drink yeah, yeah. but but it's pretty I like good that. yeah
1: right I'm that
2: yeah yeah um all right man only got a couple more questions here um so Ryan, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, if you want to plug anything else, now's the, now's the time as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess um, I'll, I'll plug my Twitter, at DR Canella on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. I don't really post anymore on you know Instagram or anything like that. I kind of just follow everybody else. But at um, DR Canella on Twitter would be the, the best place. But all the right. other thing I'll plug is the Pelicans. So next time you're in town in Myrtle Beach, hit us up, see us at the game. Uh, we're, letting me know we'd love to take you out on the course. That's where, where you'll find us
2: when we right. playing baseball. All right, all right, sounds good. And uh, I know you've listened to a couple of other episodes, and I, you know, I end with the same question every time: What has been your favorite walk-up or warm-up song in your minor league baseball career, and whose was it?
1: I had such a hard time with this one because I'm really bad with song names and. Remembering all those, but Mm -hmm. I would say that for me, I always love the old school hip hop songs or anything like super dirt road country. Those are like those two are both right up my alley. I love love both of them. Um, But that that's kind of the two lanes that I stick with. But I always do enjoy the ones that are kind of just out there that you never hear, like a classical music or you know stuff like that. Is always super interesting.
2: Okay. Okay, any particular songs that we can ride out to?
1: That's a good one. Um, shoot, I was just. So, my wife and I the other day had. We were a, on a road trip, and um, a CD that I had burned for her back when we had, yes. had first started dating, dating popped in. And. Um, I'm I can not I wish I could remember this song. I'm not even gonna be able to find it. I'm so bad at remembering song names and artists, I wish I could I'll I'll look it up and I'll text it to you or I'll send it I'll send it to you on Twitter.
2: Okay. All right. That sounds good, man. Sounds good. We'll we'll ride out to that song, um and it, I'll put it on the, the playlist, um on Spotify. Um uh, but man, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the Pulling Tart podcast. I know Free days are, are um, you know, a rarity in the minor league baseball industry. So I so appreciate you taking the time. And uh, best of luck the rest of the season. T- tell Hunter and everybody else I said hi.
1: Will do. Thanks, Bobby. It's been great being on here, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it,
2: Jeff. You could tell them that I've been from hell and back When the heat is on, i fire back Whole world, where your light is set, let's burn it down. Fire back, you can tell them that I've been from hell and back when the heat is up. Fire back in the cold world, where you light a set, let's burn it
1: down. You've listened to the polling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stove Leg Media. Make sure you check out our page at StoveLeg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. StoveLeg Media, igniting conversation.
0: Hello, everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Art Rages. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Art wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay outrageous.
1: At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. You all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie and I'm John. This is True Crime Cast.